You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. I am your lovable host, Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Sammy Lerner. Sammy is Director of Marketing at Obsess, which is a platform that enables brands to create really cool, very immersive, and engaging virtual stores. Sammy, it's great to have you on the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. And what a what a lovely introduction. My ego is boosted for today, officially. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's good to start the day off with a little ego boost, right? No harm in that. <laughs> so we're going to dive into our topic today in just a second, which is what B2B marketers are doing or can be doing, maybe should be doing in the metaverse. But first, to give a little context, say a little bit more about what Obsess does. You know, obviously, I've already described you guys help brands create virtual stores, but like, what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Absolutely. So Obsess is, we're a software platform. We're a SaaS software as a service platform. And we basically, as you said, we enable some of the biggest both B2B and B2C brands in the world to create virtual experiences that are ultimately what I think of as sort of the ultimate in content marketing. So we, our platform basically enables 360 either rendered or photographed experiences that drive brand awareness, they increase customer engagement, and they drive brand loyalty. So we can create these sort of photorealistic 3D virtual environments that showcase, you know, video content, blog content, audio content, anything that's actually a shoppable product. All of these things can be contained in a virtual environment. And we are a completely web-based platform as well. So you can access our platform via a brand's website, you know, just as you would going to somebody's homepage on their website, you can access our virtual stores just using your computer or your phone. Okay. So, right. So in other words, you don't need a VR headset to engage with these stores. Exactly. Although we do build some yeah. experiences that can be accessed via VR headset and that's always fun, but no, we, we love that we are sort of an accessible way to enter the metaverse, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, I recently got a VR headset, and it is just so cool. I got to say, I've, become, <laughs> I've sort of gone like all in on this. And the I'd read so much negative stuff about the metaverse that I was actually very surprised and continue to be surprised by just personally how kind of awesome I think it is, you know, just like being in these virtual worlds. So anyway, it just seems to me, and, and that's why I was so excited to talk about this, because this stuff is so new. And it seemed like the possibilities are kind of unlimited. And yet there's kind of this negative vibe, especially about like Facebook in particular, you know, mm -hmm. and Oculus and, and kind of the metaverse, quote unquote. And I'm, I'm a little puzzled by why there's so much negativity around it. But anyway, our topic is specifically what should B2B content marketers, you know, know about the metaverse, be thinking about it? What kind of possibilities are out there. So let's just start right there. I'd love to get kind of your general thoughts on that. 
Totally. And I'm so glad you brought up sort of the negative connotation as well. And just to quickly address that, I think one of the things that's sort of scary for marketers in particular about the metaverse is that it feels like we're almost like, to me at least, it feels like we're going past that human interaction, that consumer engagement element that feels very real. When you take things and put them into this sort of quote unquote metaverse environment, it feels like you're taking away the humanity behind marketers and interacting with their consumers. But I actually, one of the things that I love so much about this space and particularly at Obsess and our virtual experiences is that the metaverse and virtual experiences to me are really kind of the ultimate in content marketing. So the metaverse is taking what we traditionally knew as content. So videos, podcasts, blog texts, et cetera, and it puts it into one hyper-engaging space. And it's really, to me, just another tool for B2B marketers to add to their marketing stack. You know, it's an incredibly powerful way, I think, to build brand engagement and customer lifetime value because within metaverse experiences and within obsessed virtual experiences in particular, there are a lot of ways to make your content more interactive. For example, you can Mm. build gamification into that content. You can create live streamed events inside of metaverse environments. You can create media or videos that become inherently more interactive with sort of features built upon them. So B2B marketers can kind of use our platform. They can use the Obsessed platform to really increase brand engagement and build that that constant lifetime value that they're constantly trying to build with their clientele. Okay, so... So I think the the main sort of argument here that you're making, if I'm hearing you right, is that is that you can enhance your content marketing by placing it within one of these highly engaging, immersive environments, right? The kind that you guys build at Obsess, and and you know presumably that that other companies are building as well. Help me understand what kinds of environments are we talking about exactly? Can you kind of paint that picture? Give me an example of, let's say, I'm engaging with. In, in one of these virtual stores or virtual environments, how, what is it like? What does it look like? And what would my experience be like, say, watching a video in this environment or reading a blog post that's arguably better than doing it just on a website, you know, which is what we typically do? Totally. So I think if you think about the typical user journey when you go onto a website and you're looking for or you're sort of reading content that's published by a B2B marketer, you're going onto the website, you might be looking for a specific stat or a specific insight in particular. You're going to read it on a blog post and then your experience sort of ends there. You get what you need and that's your interaction with the brand. I think we're obsessed virtual experiences in particular, and the metaverse in general really enhances that environment, is when you, you know, quote unquote, walk into a virtual store, which is basically you just starting to your browse experience, you're starting to see a lot of branded elements that you wouldn't typically find on a website experience. So you're starting to see videos, for example, that are going to give you not just the insights that you're looking for, but you're going to get a much more sort of visual picture of what this brand is offering. You also can start to see certain games within the environment. So a lot of our virtual experiences, for example, include sort of scavenger hunt style games. So if a brand wants to showcase something like, you know, they want to increase discoverability of their own platform and their own brand, they'll add certain scavenger hunt components throughout the store and encourage the user to basically explore other rooms and understand, you know, 
where, what is their brand all about past the one insight that this person was coming in to look for at the onset. So I think like the, the mental picture of the experience, and I would definitely encourage you to kind of go look at our stores and see for yourself, because I think there's nothing that says it better than the visual content there, is you're getting this hyper immersive, hyper visual experience that you don't get on a typical blog. And it's the same for kind of, if you were going to go into a trade show, for example, that experience of kind of that one time or sort of two time interaction of talking to a B2B marketer within a trade show, that interaction gets enhanced with visuals and with kind of increased time spent within a virtual environment. Hmm. Okay. So it seems one thing that's key here is the interactivity that as opposed to the more kind of passive experience of reading a blog post on a website, you're in the environment and you might spend some time reading that blog post, but there are lots of things to interact with maybe within the blog post itself or around the blog post, that kind of thing. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Totally. And I think it's, you know, maybe for B2B brands that maybe are just looking for a one-time quick click to click to buy my service and that's it. Maybe this is not the right thing, but I think most true brands want to be, want you to be more familiar with themselves than just a product. And this is really an experience that values brand building and creating that engagement and that interactivity beyond just a single point of purchase. Okay. So it's really about creating a content experience, it sounds like. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So c- can you give me an example, a B2B example of, you know, one of the, one of your clients and like what they, what you're helping them create and the ways in which it's immersive and interactive and all that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately I can't share the client's names here, although sure. we do have some great ones if you go onto the website, but You know, we have a lot of clients in the B2B space in particular that use our platform to enhance the ROI on some of their events. So if they are, if a client, for example, is doing in-person events, let's say they go to, you know, one of the big ones throughout one of the big trade shows, that event experience, you know, only lives for the amount of time in person that the event's actually going on. So maybe you have 48 hours to connect with your clients in a trade show environment. They'll actually use our experiences to extend the ROI on that. So if you have a virtual store environment that you can send your prospects and your prospective clients to after you visited the trade show, they can start to get a more 360 view of the brand. So if they learned about your core value propositions at the trade show, they can then go into the virtual experience all year round to say, okay, how can I apply these these core value propositions? You know, what does it look like when this actually gets put into into market? How can I really paint a full picture of what this will look like and understand what it's going to look like for my end consumer later on? Okay. Very interesting. Let's talk for a minute about specifically about VR. And I know that that's, that, that, that's not, you had, you, you said you have some customers that have, you know, sort of gone that direction, but I think, you know, VR is, there are many fewer brands I'm assuming that have actually built like a store in, you know, in the VR world, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to just on, on online. What, what do you, and, and so, you know, this is so new that I think it's still very much in the early stages in developing, but just, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. You know, what kind of possibilities does that open up for B2B marketers that, you know, stuff that you, that's different that you can't do just on the computer screen? 
It's a really interesting question because I think, you know, to your point, the VR space is so new. And I think a lot of times people don't necessarily know what to do with it unless they've experienced it themselves. I like to think of having VR as an extension of your sort of general content marketing strategy and your virtual experience strategy. I think being able to have, let's say you're on a headset and having that sort of 360 immersive view of what content could look like, I think it's amazing for things like internationalization. You know, if you're a company that's based in the US, but you want to be able to experience what a life like, you know, a lifelike event would feel like in Paris, you don't necessarily need to travel over to Paris to do that. You can use this headset to feel like an all-encompassing experience and do it at a frankly, do it in a way that's frankly, low, lower cost, more sustainable in both of those respects. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, especially attending like any kind of event or expo or meeting or whatever, doing it remotely. In my experience, doing that through Zoom or whatever other app is just not great. Just personally, Mm -hmm. I don't love it because it's so you're so removed from what's actually going on, you know? sort of confined to your little little box on Zoom. But with a VR headset, I mean, you can be in the same virtual space with, with other avatars at least, right? And I, I haven't actually attended an event that way, but having spent quite a bit of time recently like in various VR environments, it just seems like at least there's really great potential for that, that that would be a lot more engaging than doing it on Zoom, and it would be a lot closer to the real thing, you know, being actually traveling and going somewhere and being in a room with other people. That seems like that could have a lot of promise. I, I don't know how how much that's actually happening right now, but it just seems to me like an intriguing possibility. I totally agree. I'm curious, actually, how are you engaging with VR right now? Great question. Well. For the most part, for me, it's through like exercise related apps. Mm-hmm. So it's really, that's kind of why I got it in the first place. It was not for like business purposes. It was more like I've heard that you can get a really good workout with VR and I was curious. So I tried it out and sure enough, I'm like, yeah, you really can. I found that I really like it. And, but I have noticed in just scrolling through the, the Oculus or not the Oculus, the meta store. There are a handful, but probably a growing handful of business type apps. And some of them are virtual meeting apps where, you know, you can congregate in some virtual like office type environment or whatever you want to make it look like with colleagues. And you kind of have, and because it's virtual, you can share documents and bring stuff up on, you know, virtual screens in a kind of unlimited way. I haven't tried any of this. It's made me very curious about how, how widely these kinds of apps are used. I have no idea. But again, it, it was intriguing. I'm like, huh, I can see how that could be cool if you use it in the right way or maybe once the technology gets a little more advanced so that the avatars are a bit less cartoony or something. <laughs> it, but it's, it certainly seemed, it certainly, I was like, huh, that seems pretty interesting. I'd like to at least try it. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And I think, honestly, the the way that you're using VR for exercise, to me, it's almost like 
when you do an exercise video, let's say on YouTube, you're not necessarily getting that full multi-sensory experience as you would if you would go to a class in person or something. And I think VR is doing a good job of sort of bridging the gap in that way uh, between having those many senses engaged and just using your eyeballs to watch something. I think for B2B marketers, this is interesting in the context of if you're doing a presentation on Zoom, where, you know, frankly, sometimes presentations are not going to engage every single person. And you sometimes lose people if you're just presenting via one screen or via sort of this one dimensional view. I think VR and also virtual experiences that don't necessarily need to be accessed through a headset does a good job of keeping people engaged in more ways than just sort of being a viewer. It's get engaging all of their senses so that they can truly understand what you're saying and be a much more active participant in the conversation. Yeah, you know, I, I like how <clears throat> I like that you referred a couple times to engaging your senses. I think mm-hmm. that that is a a big component of VR in particular. But I think any kind of virtual experience like that, even if it's not with a headset, that yeah, like you're you're it engages more of your senses in a more, I think, visceral way than just the typical website browsing experience for sure, which is significant. Absolutely. And it's like, I mean, you think about why we are why humans use websites so much right now. 25 years ago, Amazon said, we need to be in a space where we can get books and click them with one checkout. There's no need to engage further than that. We should have this immediate gratification. And we've all sort of taken that as humans and adapted that into our everyday interaction, whether it's buying shoes online or it's buying services from another, you know, from a B2B company. And I think what we're starting to miss and what consumers are starting to signal that they're missing is having that interaction and that visceral, you know, emotionality past that one click of a purchase. Consumers want to really feel like they are connected to a brand on a deeper level. And I think that's where these virtual experiences come in. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting point, right? That in some very basic way, undergirding sort of web, the, the whole idea of a website is that it needs to be very utilitarian, right? As frictionless as possible and just kind of allow the the browser or viewer to get what they're looking for as quickly as possible. And, you know, and, and like even with a really well-designed site that looks really cool, still that's kind of the underlying premise. But yeah, as you're, descri- as you're describing, I think we are seeing a shift you're starting to in like, no, we want to make stuff more interactive, that it's a more interesting experience to be on the website in in a kind of sensual way and and or i i central is probably the wrong word but like in a sensory way you know what i mean yes yeah okay so now like any medium the virtual worlds or the metaverse has its limitations right what have you learned about what doesn't work so well in the metaverse it's a really good question i mean i think and i think this is not unique to sort of marketing in the metaverse i think this is true for most marketing channels, consumers really value authenticity. And I think when a brand tries to get into the metaverse just for the sake of being in the metaverse, consumers really see through that. I think brands and B2B marketers in particular really need to think of the metaverse as an authentic way to share their content and engage their audiences on a deeper level. So they need to really provide value in a super customer-centric way. 
they can do this by taking the insights that they have from their customers from other channels. So whether they've learned about it through focus groups, through surveys, through the website interactions that they've already had, they need to apply these into the metaverse environment so they can really create additional value because those are other parts of the marketing funnel, the website, the events, those kind of other non-metaverse things, those aren't going away. The metaverse is really a place, in my opinion, that is supplemental to all of these other channels. And it's another way mm -hmm. to create deeper engagements with your customers. Yeah, for sure. It, it, at least right now it's supplemental. Maybe that'll change in the future as Metaverse mm -hmm. becomes more prominent and, and more sophisticated. But, but yeah, good, good point. So, all right. Well, just one final question here, Sammy. How can people connect with you if they want to discuss this more? Love that question. So I am Samantha Lerner Cobran on LinkedIn. I recently got married. So if I'm hard to find, that's why. But if you want to send me a message on LinkedIn, or if you want to message the Obsessed team directly, you can go to obsessar.com, O-B-S-E-S-S-A-R.com and contact us through the contact portal. The message will, of course, get to me. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn and to Obsess in the show notes so people can head over there and uh, e easily connect with you and connect with Obsess. So, well, Sammy, thanks so much. This is a really great conversation, really stimulating. I enjoyed it. Likewise. Very excited that we got to chat, and I hope we can continue these types of conversations in the future. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.